Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Christ is risen. Truly, He is risen. You made it. It's Friday. And today's the day we give out prizes. We're actually in the second hour today. If you're able to join us, we'd love to have you. But we're going to be pulling an enigma out of the coffee cup of divine providence and uh, connecting them to our game sponsor this week, which is worthy of agape. We're so very grateful to them. But that'll happen in the second hour if you can join us. Uh, Mark Hauk, my friend from the King's Men Apostolate, is going to rejoin the program. You might recall, I don't know, it's, it's been several months now, but he was conversating with an abortion doctor uh, because he prays out in front of an abortion clinic, I think at least once a week, uh, maybe more. And uh, he started up a dialogue with the doctor that works there. And he's been continuing the conversation, and he says he has some uh, some developments in that conversation he wanted to share with us. So I invited him on the program today to to bring us up to date on that. So it's a fascinating I thought and a concept that we should reach out. We should try to do what we can. And I know there are so many pro-life warriors around America that do this all the time. So Mark is going to be conversating about that in our guest segment. Did you know that Pennsylvania is going to be casting out 21,000 deceased people off their voter rolls? Yeah, that's happening. Uh, 172,000 illegal immigrants uh, were encountered on our border, our southern border, just in March. It's the largest in the history of the country. Did you know that? There's so much going on. Attacks in Nigeria, especially on priests, are on the rise, and so much more. Tons of information to get into today. So it's going to be a jam-packed show uh, this CDT Friday. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning. Happy Friday. Praise be to God, we have made it. Yeah, and through the, what a joyful week, the Easter octave. The it's Easter been, octave. Yeah. And we get to have meat today. Meat Friday, that's meat right. Meat Fridays yeah. are back. Oh, actually, only for today, though. Uh, because today. next Friday, it's back to the normal Friday penance. Yep. Speaking of penance, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of penance, are you, have you been talking to my mom? I think, <laughs> I think you've been talking to my mother. I can neither confirm nor deny that it's, it's, it, sounds, it, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. <laughs> but it's Friday. We get to have meat. It's a good thing. It's a pra- it's praise be to God. We get to have meat on I'm Friday. I'm very excited for it. All right. Well, uh, going to be a great show today. Uh, like I said, a lot of information to get into. We hope that you'll be able to join us for all or part of it. Uh, make sure also, I want to mention before we jump into our prayer real quick, we we sent an email last night with the final installment of the Sunday Gospel Reflection from the Commentaries, Early Church Fathers, Aquinas, Alapide, etc. And our email list is amazing. We're so very grateful to those that are on it. But Adrian Fonseca read something that blew our minds yesterday. I mean, it was the most incredible thing we had ever heard. I guarantee you've never, ever heard. And if you would like to get a copy of that and you're not on our email list, 
do us a favor, join the email list. I'll make sure you get a copy by the end of today. Uh, just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Yes, it's true. I will be harassing you with emails in your inbox. But if for nothing else, you just hear this one thing, let me tell you, it is worth the price of admission. grnonline.com forward slash CDT or pull out your, your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's just text GRN to the number 42828. That'll get you on the email list as well. And later today, I'll make sure you get that in your inbox. Let's pray for whatever is on your heart, whatever is in your mind, whatever your intentions are, whatever your your challenges are, whatever your needs are. We're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for you and for us, for the Station of the Cross Radio Apostolate, as well as the Guadalupe Radio Network Apostolate today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A bill on the burial of the bodies of aborted fetuses advanced through the Tennessee Senate and House earlier this week. The bill HB 1181 would require medical providers either to cremate or to bury the fetal remains following an abortion. Republican Representative Tim Rudd said, quote, Tennessee code requires pets and animals to be disposed of by burial or cremation, but there's no such law in, te- in Tennessee for aborted fetal remains. I think it's time for Tennessee to step up and give the s- same level of dignity given to a dead pet to a dead human being. Under the bill, medical providers would be required to cover the costs of either a burial or cremation of the fetal remains. As hospitals would be excluded under the bill, it would only affect the state's three abortion clinics. Abortion advocates have decried the bill as an unnecessary overreach. A law firm that frequently represents victims of clerical sexual abuse announced on April 6th that it had counted at least 2,800 lawsuits filed so far against Catholic institutions in New York under the 2019 Child Victims Act. Of those lawsuits, over 700 have been filed against the Archdiocese of New York. The total number of alleged perpetrators, according to Anderson and Associates, is 1,427, including 959 priests statewide. Of the 1,427 perpetrators, only 28 have been accused of committing abuse in or after the year 2000. Clergy and religious total 1,135 of the perpetrators and with 299 non-religious lay perpetrators, such as teachers. Four of New York's dioceses, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and Rockville Center, have declared bankruptcy amid the lawsuits brought under the Child Victims Act. Pope Francis appealed for a global coronavirus recovery plan in a message to participants in the spring meetings of the World Bank and International Monetary Fund. The Holy Father said, quote, While many countries are now consolidating individual recovery plans, there remains an urgent need for a global plan that can create new or regenerate existing institutions, particularly those of global governance, and help to build a new network of international relations for advancing the integral human development of all peoples. 
In the message, Pope Francis urged the World Bank and the IMF's experts to focus on the interconnectedness between people. Citing his recent encyclical Fratelli Tutti, he encouraged them to build a culture of encounter by including the marginalized in long-term inclusive projects. The Pope repeated his call for the cancellation of the debts of poor countries battling COVID-19, which he first made in his Easter Urbi et Orbi address in 2020. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Antony of Pavoni, pray for us. He was born in 1326. He was known as a pious and intelligent youth. He became a Dominican monk by the age of 15 and a priest at 25. Pope Urban V appointed him as Inquisitor General to fight heresies in Lombardy and Genoa in 1316. He was one of the youngest men to hold that office, a complex and very difficult job. It was also a near-death sentence as it put him in constant conflict with heretics. His apostolate lasted 14 years. He was a noted preacher and elected prior in, uh, in Sabagilione in Italy in 1368. Easy for me to say, huh? He built their new abbey there without criticism of its luxury, which was a very common charge that heretics would always bring up about the extravagant and luxurious lifestyles of the, uh, of the hierarchy and of the religious orders. But Anthony's preaching and his simple, unpretentious lifestyle so angered the heretics who saw no character flaw that they could use as a weapon against him, they decided instead that they must kill him. He was martyred on the Sunday after Easter as he preached out against heresies. Seven heretics stabbed him to death on the 9th of April, 1374 in Turin. He was beatified by Pope Pius IX in 1856. Blessed Antony of Pavoni, pray for us. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciples, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire, fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish, 
Even though the even though there were there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, "Come, have breakfast." And none of the disciples dared to ask him, "Who are you?" because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You got to love Peter's faith. I mean, for all the criticisms of St. Peter that we've often heard, uh, Peter's denial of the Lord being among the greatest of that. Or you might refer to uh, the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians, where he refers to confronting St. Peter over the Judaizers. Um, but you gotta, you got to love Peter's faith, his zealousness. It was Peter who, who walks on the sea, right? It was Peter who says, let's build the tabernacles when Jesus is transfigured. It is Peter who says, you know, I will go to your death, go with you to your death. Um, and it is Peter who jumps out of the boat rushing as hard and as fast and as zealously as he could to meet the Lord on the sea. You got to love that. I mean, the others, they come in the boat. They, uh, you know, they're not far off, but still, it's Peter who, you know, not very well dressed because he's fishing, he's working hard, jumps into the sea with great, with great zeal for the Lord. You've got to love that. And he doesn't allow his, uh, of course, the, the sorrow he must have felt, and he did feel according to the gospel, of his betrayal for the Lord. He didn't allow himself to fall into despair, unlike Judas, who did fall into despair and then committed suicide. Uh, not Peter. He doesn't do that. And here is this scene that we all know is an opportunity for Peter's um, redemption, really, his second chance. So it's quite awesome. Even uh, Venerable Bede says that uh, Peter, he went to Jesus with the ardor with which he did everything. I love that. That's a, that's, I think it's a very good description of St. Peter. But look at the symbolisms that are going on here. The boat is the church. The disciples in union with each other could be seen in the untorn net, the unity of the church. The catch of the fish, uh, this represents the people whom the Lord wants and desires his ministers of his church to reach. I mean, St. Jerome would say that uh, uh, the 153 represents the kinds of fish that are currently available in his time or that they knew of, that, that they knew existed, is symbolic for the people that they would become fishers of men rather than fishers of fish. The net fishing at night, notice Jesus is on the shore at dawn. So this the contrast between the night of uh, confusion on the waves rocking versus the stability of the dawn of Jesus on the shore, the charcoal fire of Peter's second chance, the fact that the Lord took and blessed, reminding his disciples of the mission that they should go and provide the holy sacraments, feeding them with supernatural food, epiousios. It's a powerful passage. One gives us great opportunity to contemplate today. Don't go anywhere. On the other side of this break, a What's Concerning Us section is headed your way. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? 
There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Uh, this is the What's Concerning Us section. Our, our buddy Mark Houck from the Kingsman Apostolate is going to be on the show in about, I don't know, 18, 20 minutes from now. He's been having a conversation with an abortion doctor outside of the clinic that he prays at routinely, I, I want to say at least once a week. And he's, he's been doing this for a while now. And he shared part of the story. Was it December? It might have been December. Way back in the day, it feels like nowadays. Uh, but he's, he said he's, he's made some headway here, and he wants to share that with us. So we're going to have him on in a little bit to conversate about that. I think it's powerful. Um, I want to mention again, if you're not on our email list, I want to encourage you to join our email list. Um, we shared something last night with that email list that I think is just mind-blowingly awesome. That was the reflection on the last gospel, the Easter Sunday morning gospel. And you can get that. I'll send it to you later today if you join the email list. It's just really that powerful that I think you ought to hear it. I mean, really. You've never heard it before in your entire life, I promise. And you're going to be blown away by it. You can jump on our email list on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Or you can pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's text GRN to the number 42828. You're going to want to hear this. And okay, let's say you unsubscribe after. Praise be to God, that's between you and the Lord. However, you need to hear it. It's that powerful. And so you'll get it in your email inbox uh, later today if you'll sign up. Praise be to God. All right, uh, there's a lot of stories in the news that I would like to jump into in a what's concerning us section. Of course, the border crisis is really out of control. I mean, I don't know if you saw the picture of that boy that was caught wandering in the desert. Did you guys see that? The image of that little boy? That was so sad. That was heart-wrenching. Ten, like 10 years old? He was tiny. I mean, my heart breaks thinking about, is this the, really the best way to handle people, to, to help people that are in need? Is to s- create a scenario in which they are encouraged to have 10-year-olds wandering through the desert? 
Where's the charity in that? Like uh, this uh, headline here from the from the Blaze says Customs Border Protection has uh, basically said 172,000 illegal immigrants encountered its southwest border in March, just in March. It's the largest in American history. It is really out of control. I mean, it's so bad that according to another article, Governor Greg Abbott demands Biden admin shut down San Antonio migrant facility after allegations surface of children being sexually abused. This has been one of my biggest uh, issues when it comes to the to immigration. Um, we have a, a, an environment and a scenario where the abuse of these people is exceedingly high. Like, out of control. They have to pull together a lot of money to pay coyotes, and they have wristbands to track them and uh, who's paid, who hasn't paid. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of abuse, physical, sexual, let alone emotional and spiritual. And then, of course, indentured servitude is a way of life for a lot of these people because they have to pay back all of this. They have the cartels know where their families are back home, so they keep those people, you know, as leverage against them. I mean, it's just it's such a situation of immense abuse and craziness. And the current administration's policies have just made this go skyrocketing. Uh, so it's I, now the only bit of good news was I heard that they were considering rebuilding the wall again, like continuing the construction on the wall. In fact, Elon Omar has uh, been railing against uh, President Biden because she thinks that the building of the wall is immoral. She thinks it's racist. In fact, um, surely there must be a way in which we can reform border and immigration policy such that those people could legally come to our country who need uh, who need the help, who need uh, to pursue a better life without having this environment of extreme abuse and, and craziness. Surely there must be a way. It just seems out of control. Um, I also say, let's move on to another story here. Breaking news, federal judge blocks Delayden's team from releasing more National Abortion Feder- Federation videos. It appears now. This is one of the the reason why this caught my attention was because you might remember the other day we interviewed Nick Loeb, who made the movie Roe v. Wade. By the way, you should check that out. It's available everywhere. It was a great interview. But one of the points he makes in the film, and he has a fact check. He has an uh, he has a fact check, an FAQ on his webpage because people don't believe the stuff that's in the film. They think he made it up. They think he's lying. And so he included a fact check section of his website to cite his sources so that people would see he's not lying. He's not faking. He's not making it up. This is a movie about the situation around Roe v. Wade. And one of the things that most people don't know, apparently, I didn't know it. I wonder if you knew it that uh, there were at least two judges on the Supreme Court who ruled uh, in the case of Roe v. Wade that made, uh, made it possible for uh, abortion to become legal in America. Two of those judges had relatives that worked directly for Planned Parenthood, a complete conflict of interest. And that's why, in looking at this story here about David Daleiden now, David Daleiden, if you don't recall, he and Sandra Merritt, they had some undercover sting videos of uh, Planned Parenthood uh, employees 
negotiating the buying and selling, or the rather the selling of aborted babies for research and science. And they were promising to deliver babies whole, to make the tissues and the organs more viable for researchers. And it was disgusting to see. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris at the time, who was Attorney General, really went after them and uh, made their life essentially a living hell. And so we see this uh, story reported out of LifeSite News. It says the pro-life investigators of the, of the Center for Medical Progress can no longer release recordings from their undercover investigation of 2014 and 2015 National Abortion Federation meetings. U.S. District Judge William Ulrich III ruled on Wednesday. According to Courthouse News reports, the ORIC found that the CMPs David DeLayden and Sandra Merritt had violated NAF's exhibitor agreement by posing as tissue procurement company exhibitors in order to secure off-the-record conversations with NAF officials who spoke candidly about the abortion industry's sale of body parts from aborted babies. At the same time, Oric rejected NAF's request to go further, ruling that the request to cover any NAF meeting, no matter where or when held or how defendants may access them, is overboard, unsupported, and not appropriate. Uh, Delighton has not, has not announced yet whether he will appeal the ruling, but responded to NAF's celebration by asking what the group didn't want the public to see. Good question. What don't you want the public to see? But apparently, the judge has a connection to Planned Parenthood, and that's part of the issue. Very concerning days we live in, where uh, good is uh, good is evil, and evil is good. And as Catholics, I believe we have to take a stand and make a choice. Uh, where do we stand? What do we believe? But it, I think, it reminds me of the just the twisted psychology, the twisted nature of our world. And I know, Adrian, you saw a story that really concerned you about the use of of uh, pop culture to to persuade i would say at least the 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 young people on how they see the world around them well the good news is that nobody reads these uh, comic books anymore but the bad <laughs> news is uh well because i i'm uh really into comic books or at least i used to be i'm less so now but i still keep uh, my ear in the uh, comic book world and right now there's a huge buzz over the fact that the author of the new Captain America series, which you would think, you know, Captain America is the most American uh, superhero, literally wears an American flag on his chest and uh, a shield with the American flag on it. They hired uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates to write the, the comic book, who, if you're not aware, he uh, talks about how he was not even uh, saddened by 9-11 because we deserve it, um, is essentially what he says. So he's the one that they chose to write this comic book about how much, how great America is. And in the voice of the Red Skull, which for y'all who don't know, the Red Skull is a character whose entire intention of creating him was to be worse than Hitler. He is literally worse than Hitler. Uh, he is a Nazi and he is, uh, and so Captain America's arch enemy. And so first time he appears is Captain America goes in and defeats him during World War II whenever it was published. And so now they took this character who's literally worse than Hitler mm. and in his voice, they put, uh, Jordan Peterson. And for y'all who don't know who Jordan Peterson is, Jordan Peterson is a very run of the mill, um, 
Christian, kind of pseudo-Christian philosopher and psychologist. He kind of says mundane things like uh, clean your room, uh, get out of bed, do something with your life. He says these things. He wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life. And in the voice of the Red Skull, this literally worse than Hitler character, uh, he gives him a book that he wrote called 10 rules for life and he starts putting in the words in his mouth saying oh yes uh men need to rise up and this that, and the other and he's anti-feminism because jordan peterson is known for being against feminism um and so all these things they putting in them in their mouth and the people who are reading this are children mm. uh, people who are reading this are teenagers and they're trying to shape the culture of it um the good news is to make it a little bit less concerning um <laughs> this this comic book run since they hired him as as the author, because I still had him write the Black Panther comics, and they're having him direct a new Superman movie, uh, which is ridiculous. But uh, and writing it, not directing it, writing it. And uh, he, um, the sales have gone way down, way down. There has been, I believe, 20,000 uh, copies sold, which uh, wow. is absolutely like nothing in the, in the grand scale of the U.S. market. So it's pretty, pretty, that's a positive thing. Uh, the negative thing is the fact that they're allowing this and that they're pushing this on children, mm. these ideologies. And this is not even the worst thing. They made Captain America recently a homosexual teenager as a, something they did recently. Um, so they do these kind of things constantly in the comic book and movie industry, and uh, it's targeting children. It's insane. You know, I saw another article tangentially related. A 17-year-old superstar says she's pansexual. She says, quote, I still don't know what I am, unquote. I mean, this is, is, I guess, the point we're trying to make is, you know, the young people, let's say, you know, 25 and younger, probably aren't watching, you know, headline news. They probably aren't really reading in great detail articles from news websites and trying to uncover you know, what the facts are and figures are in these headline stories and the situation around them. They probably aren't. Instead, they're listening to their favorite uh, comedians, their favorite uh, actors, their favorite uh, music, uh, pop stars, their favorite television stars, their Instagram stars. Uh, this is the people who are influencing them. And when you have uh, pop culture like this comic book, uh, these iconic characters being used to further these agendas... It's just going to lead to greater and greater confusion. And I think it sort of illustrates our role to help to educate and inspire uh, those around us. I mean, that as a parent, that as, uh, as a Christian in society. So there is much to be done because the day is very long now. And there is so much damage in our society, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. We have much to do, but there is still good news. In fact, my buddy Mark Houck from the King's Men is going to share his conversation with an abortion doctor uh, coming up just after this break and the headline news all coming your way. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alfquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that the church needs to keep up with the times? G.K. Chesterton says that all this talk about keeping up with the times has been uttered hundreds of times before. To be up to date, he says, is a paltry ambition, except in an almanac. The church certainly does not need to imitate the secular world. In fact, what does the word secular mean? It does not mean worldly. It does not even mean irreligious. To be secular simply means to be of the age. That is, of the age which is passing. 
and in the case of anyone trying to keep up with the times, the age that is already past. So what the word secular really means is dated. The church's truth is never out of date because it is eternal. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Friday, April 9th, and these are your headlines for today. Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon on Wednesday signed a bill protecting infants who survive botched abortions. Wyoming Senate File 34, known as Born Alive Infant Means of Care, requires that any commonly accepted means of care that would be rendered to any other infant born alive shall be employed in the treatment of any viable infant born aborted alive. It requires any physician performing an abortion to take medically appropriate and reasonable steps to preserve the life and health of an infant born alive. Gordon vetoed a similar born alive bill last year. Pro-life advocates are applauding the decision to sign the bill into law this time around. The Archbishop of Paris announced canonical proceedings Wednesday against a parish priest for reportedly refusing to follow coronavirus health measures at the Easter Vigil. Archbishop Michael Alpetit's decision to open proceedings within church law was made public the day after Paris police opened an investigation into the parish for endangering the lives of others. French media first raised concern by showing clips of the live stream of the parish's Easter vigil on French television, calling attention to the crowded church with parishioners not wearing masks during the candlelit processions while an extraordinary form mass was offered. Father Mark Guelfucci, the parish priest of the church in question, said, quote, Since the pandemic began, we have not had a single outbreak. Meanwhile, prosecutors in Rheims, northeastern France, have reportedly opened criminal investigations into two Easter masses offered at the Church of St. Joan of Arc for not wearing masks. And the Vatican museums are planning to reopen to the public next month with strict new COVID-19 measures. The Vatican Museums reopened back in February and the first half of March after having been closed since November, when the Italian government implemented tighter coronavirus restrictions, closing all museums in Italy. Throughout the pandemic, the Vatican Museums have followed the Italian government's measures. During a national lockdown in the spring of 2020, the museums were closed for a total of 12 weeks before reopening on June 1st. The Vatican Museums have published a five-page document listing the new rules for visitors. The museum closures this past year have negatively impacted the Vatican's already dire financial situation. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. I want to say a thank you to realestateforlife.org for generously being a part 
of our underwriter program here on Catholic Drive Time, helping us to uh, keep the doors open, the lights on, and Catholic Drive Time headed your way Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. But uh, realestateforlife.org connects buyers and sellers of houses. So if that's you, that'd be awesome. Uh, and provide faith-based experience and support pro-life organizations like ours. You can find them online. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, my buddy Mark Houck from the Kingsman Apostolate is here again, uh, back on the show. It's good morning to you. Christ is risen. Amen. Hallelujah. He is risen indeed. Good morning to you, Joe. Good morning. You're looking uh, looking great. You're hanging out with us on Zoom, so if you're listening on the radio, Mark Houck looks like the best-looking Santa Claus you've ever seen. I mean, tight fit, good shape, but that a beautiful uh, gray beard, Mark, I'm telling you, it really makes you look distinguished. I think it's blonde. Joe. Is that what it is? Is a blonde yeah. highlight? Must just be the morning morning uh, light. I can't tell, but it's yeah. it's good to have you have you on. It's good to see you again, my friend. Uh, what's uh, what's been new in your life since Easter Sunday morning? Well, well, you know, it's been it's been a, a whirlwind of a week. Uh, I, I was uh, texting you this week about some some amazing things that were happening at the at the pro life. Speaking of life and pro life, we had the pro-life vigil I keep every Wednesday and um, I was blessed to be down there again this past Wednesday and we had not one but two saves and wow. I had another dialogue with the abortionist there which I, I first presented it on the on the airways with you um, prior to launching this show your previous show and um, uh, I got a great feedback on that show let's uh, go back you. then let's t remind us again about this first encounter that you had right so um so i had just finished about a four-hour vigil uh, i think it was probably early december uh about a week or so after thanksgiving and uh i was turning the corner to go home kind of drained um a little frustrated of course uh not much success in the sense of worldly success, you know, no, no real confirmations of saves that particular day. So those are demoralizing days, some days. So I turned a corner and I saw the abortionist and, uh, I, I had known him and who he was for years. He's been there for 20, maybe 30 years. And I was walking to him. He was having a cigarette. And so I had a, I had an exchange with him. Initially he tried to push me uh, on and, and move me along. Uh, but hmm. I, I encouraged him to dialogue and we had a real charitable conversation, talked for about five, six, seven minutes. And, uh, I felt like there was a crack and an opening there for another conversation, but potentially down the road, who knows, maybe conversion transformation. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Mark Alk is our guest. The Kingsman apostolate is, uh, his apostle at the Kingsman.org, uh, talking about, praying in front of abortion clinics, but also engaging the actual employees, the doctor there. Um, I, not too many people probably have that opportunity. I know, like in our neck of the woods, the the major abortion clinic that's down the street, the largest in the Western Hemisphere, by the way, uh, you know, the doctors come through a gated, locked uh, facility parking lot. They go through the back door. You really can't engage them uh, very often. So you're in a very unique position. And have you been able to keep that conversation going? Well, I have been seeing him. I, he comes around ten thirty, and I'm always there at ten a.m. And I always say hello. I always say hello to him. Now, he, my my posture with him is a little different than most. Mm. I always say hello, 
And I, whatever season's going on, whether it's Easter, St. Patrick's Day, I'll say Happy Easter, Merry Christmas. And my posture has changed a little bit with him because I sensed I got, I got the ability to, to engage him. And he would acknowledge me and he would always say hello and he would always say Happy Easter or not Happy Easter or even Happy Thanksgiving or Happy or Merry Christmas, whatever it was. Yeah. So I, I sensed that, that, that I could engage him and no one else would talk. No one else actually could get him to respond. Hmm. Uh, people that have been coming there longer than I have never got him to say anything. So this past Wednesday, I've been praying for another dialogue. In fact, I was going to try and engage him in January, but he was engaged in another dialogue, so I couldn't get him. I turned the corner again, but I was still in my vigil mode. I was not done my day there. And I see him having a cigarette around 1, 8, 1 p.m. And I just start beelining right to him. I'm like, I'm going to have another conversation. Did that and so freak- I get to him and I said, hi, Lee. Uh, and uh, he said, hello. And I said, happy Easter. And uh, actually, I said, brother Lee. I started talking to him like he's my brother. I said, brother Lee, ha- happy Easter. He said, happy Easter to me. So we started to engage again, and uh, you know he's puffing away, and I, um, I said, "Hey man, when, when are you going to retire?" <laughs> I just started talking to him about <laughs> retirement, and he said, "Well, you know, when I have enough money." I said, "Well, do you ever have enough money?" I, I said, I, and he kind of smirked and laughed, and I said, uh, "He told me he was 68 years old. Uh, he told me he just purchased a new home." And like the last time I was with him, when I engaged him, I kind of felt like there was a crack there when I shared my name with him and he shared my name or his name. Uh, this time I said, Lee, what's the secret to having good kids? Now, I know he has children, and, uh, and he kind of like kind of shook his head because I was talking about being a father. He's a divorced man. I learned that last time. Mm. I said, did you see your kids over Easter? And he said, no. I said, he said, they don't talk to me. Oh, wow. I said, well, Lee, I said, I'll pray. I'll pray for that. That's going to guide my prayers for you. And we continued to talk, and he kind of looked at me and smiled. And he said, like I said, he bought a new home. Um, he told me where he lived. <laughs> wow. No abortionist, no abortionist gives out the, ad, the address. Not that he gave me his numbers. <laughs> he told me the town he lives in. Oh, praise God. But, <laughs> so anyhow, I felt like it was another opportunity. Uh, again, I thanked him. I said, Lee, I, I'm so thankful that you have di- you allow me to dialogue with you. And he kind of smiled at me, and I think he enjoys our conversations. Hmm. That's incredible. Uh, Mark Halk is our guest. Uh, the Kingsmen, the Kingsmen.org is the website. Talking about dialoguing with an abortion doctor. And I, I what I find fascinating about this is... I think I, I've been in front of the abortion clinic on numerous occasions, not nearly as often as you have, Mark. And uh, when you go down to there, you find a variety of different people down there, right? There's there's a lot of uh, prayer warriors. They're out there just praying, working the beads, just you know asking the Lord for the Lord's intercession. Then you find uh, the sidewalk counselors that are like smart. They're 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 with it. They they know how to approach people driving up in the car and try to get them to consider and uh, to another option. And praise be to God. And then you then sometimes you find the crazy people and they got the bullhorns and they're shouting baby murderer or some crazy. They got you know and then uh, usually that's the stuff that that's the that the other side will pay most attention to. 
They right. will ignore the prayer warrior. They'll ignore the sidewalk counselor for the most part. It's the guy with the bullhorn that they focus on, and that's the label the rest of them get. Have you experienced that there? Yeah, so so no, because we are so close in the city of Philadelphia to this particular abortion law. I literally can walk to the door practically with with the the women and men when I have sidewalk counseling. I'm literally on the doorstep. So you don't need a bullhorn. Hold that uh, thought. Sorry, Mark. Uh, that the music means we've got to go to a short break, which means I get the privilege of cutting you off. And uh, you're in a great, ex- distinguished group of individuals that I have cut off because we've got to go to a break. So don't go anywhere. We're going to come back after this very short break with Mark Houck, and we'll continue our conversation about uh, conversating with an abortion doctor and planting those seeds. All that coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. There is one thing in our lives over which we have complete control, forgiveness. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Jesus gave us the power to forgive when he poured out the Holy Spirit on us on the day of his resurrection. But we must decide to forgive, acknowledging the wrong done, and seek to set it right. Life according to the rule of St. Benedict can remind us that forgiveness does not mean being friends with the one I forgive. To forgive demands simply that I unbind that person from any claims of vengeance and that I ask God to do the same. In that way, two people are set free, the one who forgives and the one who is forgiven. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. We have all been hurt or wronged by someone. Are we ready to make the decision to forgive that person, or at least to ask God to make us ready one day? Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Mark Houck from the King's Men, thekingsmen.org, is our guest talking about his dialogue with an abortion doctor. Pretty rare opportunity for the for most pro-life warriors, I would argue, um, to have this wonderful chance to conversate with somebody like this, to journey with him, right? I mean, the we all love the uh, the phrase Pope Francis gave early in this pontificate, to smell like the sheep. Well, golly Jewiz, if this is not that, I don't know what is. Uh, Mark Hock, welcome back to the program. Yeah, good to be back. What a, what a great opportunity it was, and it continues to be. And I would say it's contrary to my normal approach, right? I'm, 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 I'm charitable, always to the mothers and the fathers of abortion-minded women, obviously always encouraging you always need to have that, that spirit of encouragement. However, my normal instincts with an abortionist would be to remind of what the grisly, great, grisly nature of what he's doing mm. for her and, and remind him of, of God's condemnation. <laughs> you know, I, that yeah. would be my normal reaction. Some reason the Lord is anointing me when I'm in conversation with this abortionist. And when I thanked him recently for dialogue with me, he, he thanked me. I could... I could tell there was an attitude of gratitude there, yeah. that he enjoyed my dialogue with him. And I believe 
it's going to lead to another conversation, to another comment, which will one day lead, I think, to a meal. I think I'm going to be able to take this guy out for a meal, and I'm going to witness to him. And every time I see him, I'm going to eyewitness Christ to him. And mm-hmm. I always tell him I'm praying. And when I was with him this last time, Joe, I said, Lee, are you a man of faith? I said that he said, well, I'm an agnostic. I said, well, what does that mean to you? And he explained to me what agnostic means and a little different than my understanding. But he said, you know, I, I don't really know. Uh, but <laughs> I, I know there's honest. something. Yeah, he was honest. And I said, well, were you raised Christian? And he said, yes, I was. So there's a base there. There, see, I'm da- I'm gathering all these data points, you know, <laughs> and I'm like a good mar- marine like you, Joe. I'm going to eventually use this oh. one day, and I'm going to pull it all together for the for the day of engagement. That is going to be where you know the Holy Spirit's really mm-hmm. going to come in and infuse life in this man who is clearly um, struggling to live life and live it abundantly. And uh, his kids don't talk to him. He's divorced. And uh, he's he's not a happy man. Um, you made me think about what I find all too common in Catholic ministry circles. There, there is a there is a trend. You know, the meet them where they're at. It's something we've all heard in Catholic ministry. Meet them where they're at. Smell like the sheep. Meet them where they're at. But too many times we see in the meet them where they're at mantra that they leave them there. They meet them in the in the dirt, but they leave them in the dirt versus meeting somebody in the circumstances that they find them, loving them in their circumstances, loving them as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, but then doing what must be done to help them leave the dirt, to leave the sin behind, to come in, into a state of grace. And it seems like that's the part that seems to have been left behind too, too often and too many times, certainly not always. But that's part of what I think inspires me about this particular story, Mark. I mean, I have the advantage of knowing you for so many years now, and I know your heart as an evangelist, as a brother in Christ. Um, and just seeing the, the sort of the sparkle in your eye about the opportunity to meet this man, to love him, you know, as a brother, but then to help him, you know, uh, how do you how do you do that, Mark? How can you how does one how does one balance? Because I think I'm the kind of guy who who when I meet somebody, I go straight for the gusto, right? You go straight for the goods, and then of course I fail too often than not because I fail in the discipleship component. Tell us about that, right? And like I said, you know, my more normal instincts with this one would not be what what uh, what what is happening. Like like the spirit of the Lord comes upon me when I see. This brother in Christ, as you say, I, and, and and it sets me to um, a mission that is other oriented for me. It's it's not typical, and in this way, the Lord has given me some tactile kind of like approach, you know, where uh, or tactical rather, not tactile, tactical <laughs> approach where um, I'm seeing the 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 end game. I'm seeing where we're going, and so when I come home, I arm my family. I say, guys, you need to pray for this. You need to pray. For Lee's children, mm. need to pray that his children reconnect with their father and that their father reconnects with him. So in other words, I'm gathering all this like prayer energy and prayer data mm. so that I can continue coding him so that the next time I see him, it's even more rich. And so, like I said, um, this is just out of the ordinary for me. Um, and I think, I think the Lord, and again, people have been seeing this man, Joe, for 30, 40 years. And wow. He won't dialogue with anybody. 
He's 68 years old, and he won't dialogue with anybody. I'm the first pro-life. And I, I said to my Lee, I have eight children. <laughs> and I connected with him as a father, with my fatherly heart. And he said, really? I thought you had five children. And I said, Lee, that was five years ago. Where have you been? You know, <laughs> I dialogue with him. Uh, but you see, he knows, and they know, and all the abortionists and the abortion yeah. people that work in the industry, they do the research on the pro-lifers outside. They gather information. Yeah. So he, know, he knew who I was uh, prior to me even engaging him. And I think I could be wrong. You never know. He Maybe he stumbled, or maybe he did his own research, or maybe he saw the Kingsmen. And maybe there's something about me that's intriguing him. I have no idea. But the reality is, Joe, to answer your question in full, is I, I have to see him. I have to put Christ on him. Mm. I have to see him as, as, as uh, an opportunity for me to be Christ to him. And I have to put Christ in his, in his body as a, as a brother in Christ, as a son of, of, of the Most High God like me. Mark Houck is our guest. Thekingsmen.org is his website. Uh, by the way, the apostolate uh, that Mark runs is apostolate that helps men become leader protectors and providers, uh, become the man that God created them to be, and he offers uh, outdoor experiential, experiential retreats, healing retreats uh, for guys, and a lot more. This It's a pretty cool thing. I've had the real grace and pleasure of being a volunteer of that apostolate for many years now. Um, very excited about it. You should check it out, thekingsmen.org. Um, I think there's a wonderful opportunity and a lesson for all of us in this, to have courage um, to, to I, I think part of the problem I think most Catholics have, Mark, maybe you correct me if I'm wrong here, but is we, we don't know what to say or do in those types of circumstances, right? It's like when... Uh, when the guys with the pocket protectors and the bicycle bicycle helmets knock on the door, we turn the lights off, shut the TV off, and hide. We hope that they go away because we don't know what to say to those people. Uh, same thing here. I know at the abortion facility near us, you know, they take pictures of all the prayer warriors. They take pictures of the sidewalk counselors. They take pictures of the cars and the license plates and the rest. And it's very intimidating. What do you say to folks? that are probably going to be intimidated by these sets of circumstances, how do they find the courage to, to go and pray, at the very least? Okay, then this is going to come across probably overly pious, but it, it might be where we need to go. You need to be in a state of grace, one, when you go to these places. Because if you can't, if you're not, I think it's really hard to hear the voice of God in some respects uh, as you approach people who are strangers. Two, you need to be joyful. You need to have joy on your face. We had two saved. Right after I left that conversation with Lee and I left him there, I came around and there was an immediate save, the first of the wow. that I confirmed of the day. And I looked at the girl in the face because I gave her information when she went in. I said, can I help you? I'm here to help you. <laughs> and I was myself. And, I, that's, and I, I brought a little levity to it. Hey, let me help you. Come on. Let's go get a chocolate croissant. And she did. And we, I said, come on. And this, this is how I got the last one. I took them for a chocolate croissant. This one, they have a French pastry right by the abortion mill. So I, took, I said, come on, let's talk. I'm going to help you. And she's 23 years old. She's nine weeks along. Pray, listeners, dear listeners, pray for Jeanette. Pray for her. So, uh, and I, and I, I just think the only way you can do this and do it well is you've got to pray thirdly for holy boldness. You've got to just be bold. 
you got to just say to yourself, this is my one opportunity. There's a life that's in jeopardy here that's in danger of extermination. This is the one chance that maybe God is calling upon to help this person. It is through me or her or some other person. I can't say no to that. Maybe your, your heart is tugging you. I should say something. I should say – and maybe it comes out really badly or, or poorly. Who cares? It's a door opener, you know, and then you just go with it. Sometimes I say the most craziest things that come out of my mouth, but <laughs> you never know what's going to trigger, you know. You're already a mom to your child. Come on. I'll help you be a mom. I'm a dad. Let me help you. You know, I know how hard it is. This girl said, I'm scared. I already have a child. You know, and I don't know if I could take a second one. I said, I know. I got eight kids. I can tell you right now, it is scary every time. You know, you just me to it and say, we're going to help you. You know, and after I fortify you with this chocolate croissant, the hot chocolate, (laughs) I am going to help you mentally prepare for this. And we're going to get you in front of people who can help you mentally prepare. And we're going to see you through this. And God is going to bless your life. And he's got a great plan for this baby and this child. So, I mean, I think those three things, grace, state of grace, holy boldness, and and you just have to be joyful. Those Amen. are my recommendations. Amen. Praise be to God. There's, there's some pro-life warriors in our comments section on our live video feeds online, especially on Facebook. Luz, uh, God love you. She was sharing about last Friday, uh, two babies were saved. I think two or three babies were saved. Praise be to God. Uh, We're so grateful for all the pro-life warriors out there doing this work. Uh, Mark, thanks for sharing this journey with us. Real quick, we're going to be having to say goodbye here in about a minute from now. Tell us, when's the next retreat coming up? That's right. Well, we got Into the Wild, which you were in Montana last year. We're going to be in Flagstaff in three weeks, April 29th to May 2nd. We're going to be in Flagstaff for that retreat. We've got about 40-plus guys right now. Um, people want to go and sign up, they can go to IntoTheWildWeekend.com. It's going to be an amazing retreat. we got we got amazing people coming, great speakers like you, Joe, coming, and uh, we're going to have an outdoor experiential retreat like no other. IntoTheWildWeekend.com. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. IntoTheWildWeekend.com. I highly recommend this retreat. I've been to, to it a, a number of times now. Praise be to God. Uh, Mark Houck. The King's Men, God love you, my brother. Thank you for your courage and for your faith. Thank you for having me again. All right, so that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. If you are at all able to join us in the next hour, we're going to have the good news segment coming up, plus the Fear and Trembling Game Show, and today is the day we give out the prize. So your last three opportunities to get in on that is coming up in just a little bit. You can join us by being on one of our live video streams. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get all the links. Or we'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. God love you. God bless you. And we'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine has been reading the Left Behind books. Is there really going to be a rapture like these books talk about? No. The rapture refers to a passage in 1 Thessalonians 4 where Christians are caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Many Christians believe, and the Left Behind books promote, that this being caught up to meet the Lord will occur before the Great Tribulation. Christians will simply vanish. 
meet Jesus somewhere in the air, and then return with him to heaven to await the end of time. But notice, in verse 15, Paul says that we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up. Those who are left get caught up to meet the Lord. The Left Behind books get their name from a passage in Luke 17 and one in Matthew 24, which compares the coming of the Lord to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Matthew 24 puts it this way. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, and they did not know until the flood came and swept them all the way. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one is taken and one is left. Two women grinding at the mill, one is taken, one is left. One is taken, one is left. The rapture, right? Jesus takes the Christians, leaves behind non-Christians. Two problems with that interpretation. First, Jesus' coming is compared to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Well, after the flood, who was left? Noah and his family. The good guys, the bad guys were taken. After Sodom and Gomorrah went up in smoke, who was left? Lot and his daughters, the good guys, the bad guys were taken. Second problem, 1 Thessalonians 4 says that those who are left get to meet Jesus in the air. The good guys are left behind to meet Jesus. In other words, you want to be left behind so that you can get caught up in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air and accompany him back to earth at his second and final coming. There will be no rapture like the one the left behind books talk about. That view is not scriptural. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Christ is risen. Truly, He is risen. Happy Easter. It's Friday in the octave of Easter. Have a steak. It's going to be tasting great today. Extra great. Praise be to God. Uh, we just wrapped up a great interview with my friend Mark Hauk from the Kingsmen. And his uh, this was like part two, installment number two of his dialogue with an abortion doctor. Maybe uh, maybe we can link to the first one somehow, um, but we'll have him back on. It was a really great conversation. We will be posting this interview later today on our video channel on YouTube, as well as on Facebook and Rumble and elsewhere. All the links are linked up over on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. When you scroll down, look past the podcast, and you'll see all the links right there. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. Happy Easter uh, again. We get to say that until Monday, is it? it? No, Easter season's like 50 days. 
Okay. But it's okay, only Easter fair. Day until Monday. Oh, though. you guys are killing me with this, you know, like uh, <laughs> octave. Details, details. You were the one who Octaves said are important. <laughs> broad brush, buddy. Broad, not scalpel. Broad brush. I mean, let's go all 50 days with well, the Do Easter you season. or do you not want to eat meat today? That's all I'm saying. I, That's all yes, I'm saying. Yes, I already have. I had well, uh, there sausage you go. this morning. Well, Praise be to God. There, thank God for the octave. Thank, thank God thank for you, the octave. For the goodness of sausage on a Friday in Easter. Anyway, all right. Well, Praise be to God. We have a great program lined up uh, this hour. In fact, we are going to have the good news segment, unlike the last hour, which is, I don't want to say it's bad news, but it, it's normal, per, it's normal, heavy, <laughs> heaviness. We always, we, now we're, we're mixing it up with some lighter fare in this hour's news segment coming up in a moment here with Emily. So we're looking forward to that. And then, of course, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And, uh, of course, I'm checking my, uh, my union requirements by having a uh, Dominican on the lineup for Saint of the Day. And, uh, and then, of course, we're going to have our Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show. And today is the day where we pull the winner. So if you want to get in on that, call early. We always take the first caller. There's no crime in calling early. You can be on hold if you'd like. And the phone number is on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Otherwise, I'll give you the phone number in a little bit for the last three opportunities to get in on the prize. Thanks to our incredible sponsor this week, Worthy of Agape. So that's on the agenda. Plus, we will have the after show for Friday. And it's always a good time because our listeners get to drive that conversation. And you can uh, hang out with us on one of our live video feeds if you want to be a part of the after show. Real quick, uh, I mentioned this now a few times in the show already. I think it's worthy of another mention. We sent an email yesterday to our email list because we were doing a whole series of commentaries on the Sunday Gospels uh, for Lent. And yesterday was the final installment. And Adrian blew our minds. He pulled a gem out of the bag of awesomeness. And it it just literally blew our minds. I guarantee you've never heard this before. I'd never heard it before. And it was truly amazing as a contemplation or a meditation. It was from a homily from a saint on the resurrection. It'll blow your brain. I promise you. And if you want to get that, you've got to get on our email list. I'll send it to you later this afternoon. If you're not on now, I'll give it to your inbox later this afternoon. So to get on our email list, you've got to go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, or you can pull out your your, uh, cell phone and text the letters grn to the number 42828. Text GRN to the number 42828. All right, that's going to do that. Let's pray for whatever's on your heart, your mind, or your intentions. You can comment with them as well. That's always pretty cool. Uh, but we're praying for you or asking Our Lady to intercede for you and for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcritz. A group of Canadian seminarians have found a unique way to defend life under lockdown. Every Thursday, seminarians from St. Augustine Seminary in Toronto stand along the road for two hours praying and holding homemade signs with messages such as protect the unborn and life begins at conception. 
The group calls themselves Seminarians for Life. Miles Vasilius, a first-year seminarian, said, quote, The most important thing is praying for all the people who pass by, that they may be moved by the message, and then God will use the signs that we're using to change hearts. The seminarians have received several messages from abortion-minded women who decided to keep their babies after seeing the seminarians' messages. The Vatican Astronomical Observatory has also started a podcast to explore the wonder of God's universe with Vatican astronomers and expert guests. With roots dating back to 1582, the Vatican Observatory is one of the oldest active ast astronomical observatories in the world. Jesuit brother Guy Consolmagno, director of the Vatican Observatory, said, The mission of the Vatican Observatory, articulated by Pope Leo XIII in 1891, is to show the world that the Church supports science. And while we've done a pretty good job of doing the science, I know we've been less successful at showing the world. The observatory headquarters are in Castel Gandolfo, a town just outside Rome, and the location of the summer residence of the Popes. A dozen priests and brothers currently live and study there. And a widowed deacon was recently ordained a priest in Argentina. Luis Avagliano was ordained a priest on the Solemnity of St. Joseph after being a widower for almost seven years. Avagliano and his wife Flora were married for 38 years before she died in 2014, and much of, during much of their marriage, he served as a permanent deacon in his diocese. After his wife's death and following a period of discernment, Avagliano felt a call to the priesthood. His two children attended his ordination back in March, and they supported his decision to become a priest when he told them about it two years ago. Avagliano said that the fact that God has called him to live out both vocations is a great commission and a great blessing that he takes up with joy. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Antony of Pavoni, pray for us. He was born in 1326 in Civigliano, Italy. He was known as a pious, intelligent youth. He became a Dominican and a monk at the age 15. He was ordained a priest at 25, and Pope Urban V appointed him as Inquisitor General to fight heresies in Lombardy and Genoa in Italy in 1360. He was one of the youngest men to hold this office. It was a very complex and difficult job. It was also a near-death sentence as it put him in constant conflict with heretics. His apostolate, though, lasted 14 years. He was a noted preacher and elected prior in Civiglione. And uh, in 1368, he built the new abbey without criticism of its luxury, a charge that heretics were often using against the Catholic builders of the time. He was a great friend of the poor as well. Antony's uh, preaching and his simple, unpretentious lifestyle so angered heretics who saw no character flaw that they could use as a weapon against him that they decided instead to just kill him. He was martyred on the Sunday after Easter as he preached against heresy. Seven heretics stabbed him to death on Sunday, April the 9th, 1374. He was beatified by Pope Pius IX in 1856. Blessed Anthony of Pavoni, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. 
Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciples, so the disciple whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it, that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over, dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love the, the image of Peter dragging the net all by himself, 153 large fish. Peter, And this, I think, goes uh, back to some of the um, stories that I've read in relation to the bones that they discovered under St. Peter's Basilica in uh, the mid, uh, what's that, 20th century? Uh, and they, they did some analysis and they discovered that this was a, a sort of a, a man of, of physical means, physical capability, older, but uh, this was a rough and tough and tumble fisherman, a guy who was, uh, had some strength to him. And I love that image of St. Peter, right? Um, versus sort of the, the, the meek, the old, the frail, that kind of thing. So I just love this image of St. Peter dragging this net of 153 large fish, which represented those uh, people whom the Lord would send his apostles to go and to, to provide the food in due season, the, the Eucharist, the sacraments, the graces that God is pouring out upon mankind. But what did, uh, what did, the, what did the great ox have to say, Adrian? Uh, well, the so a couple things I want to focus in on actually what um, St. Louis de Mumford had to say about this passage. Uh, but first, I'll say something from Cornelius de Lapide. 153 large fish. 153, according to Cornelius de Lapide, symbolizes all the fish in the sea. Because at the time, they believed that there were only 153 species of fish. And so 153 meant that they were going to catch 
every single uh, person from, or not every single person, individual, but they're going to go to every single species, every single corner of the earth, every person of every tribe and nation will be brought into the fold. Uh, the net, the fact that the net does not break is symbolic of the church itself, which is indefectible, uh, which means it'll never defect from the true faith. And so that's uh, what Cornelius Lopede focuses on it. And there's a lot more to say there, but I want to focus in on what St. Louis de Mumford has to say about this passage. If you read St. Louis de Mumford's Secret of the Rosary, which I highly recommend, um, it's a must read for all Catholics. In it, he talks about how the 153 fish that are caught are directly related to the 150 Hail Mary said in the angelic Psalter or the rosary. Because 153, you have the three uh, mysteries of the rosary. Each one has 50 uh, Hail Marys. That's 150. And the three Hail Marys you say at the beginning of the rosary. So that's 153. Now, today we have the fourth uh, mystery, which was given to us by John Paul II, the Luminous Mysteries. Uh, but originally, there were three mysteries. Uh, and so that was the symbolic nature of the 153 as associated with the 150 Psalms of St. David, uh, which is why they called it the Angelic Psalter as opposed to the Davidic Psalter, which is uh, the Psalms. So the 153 symbolizes not only the people all across the world that are going to be brought into the fold of Christ, but also the Holy Rosary that our Lord wants us to bring into us. So that's why there's a net. The net is the rope uh, or the string or the whatever it is that your rosary is made out of. That is the thing that we hold on to, that it's unbreakable. And with the Hail Marys, with Our Lady, uh, we can conquer the world. We can bring everyone into the sheepfold. I've broken lots of rosaries, by the way. <laughs> I'm just... Teasing. Anyway, we're going to go to our Fear and Trembling game show coming up right after this very short break. Now is the time for you to call. We take the first caller, your chance to win the prizes, and I promise questions are a little easier than yesterday. Poor Valerie. She was such a good sport. 1-800-477-9424. Let me start over. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Call right now. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. 
Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Christ in all things. Welcome back to uh, Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The phone number to call is 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open right now. So if you've never been able to be a contestant, today might be your day. And today's the day we pull the prizes. Your last opportunities to get in on this prize this week is right now, 877 877- 757-9424-877-757-9424-877-757-9424. Call right now. Uh, first caller gets to be the contestant. So here's how the game is played. So if you're brand new and you're like, what is going on? I've never heard of this before. It's a Catholic trivia game show. I've got Catholic trivia questions in my hand, but I do also have a secret and hidden agenda. And that is, and you just can't tell anybody, so keep it between us, but we like to teach a little bit about the faith. So you always learn something you probably did not know before. That's a bonus. Also, you get the uh, the chance to have a laugh in the process. We always like to have a laugh, and our listeners are always in great sports. In the process, we also give out prizes. So it's really, it's a win-win-win win-win for everyone involved, and that's what we love the most. So, wonderful chance. Now, yesterday's questions were were pretty tricky in all, uh, you know, due fairness. So, we did pick questions today that I hope are a little more, uh, let's just say, possible for the listeners. But you don't even need to know the answers because I don't ask you the, uh, the caller. Instead, I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. So, that's the trick. Caller can have a guess, 50-50 chance, and there's always an opportunity to get it right. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Emily, what can they win? This week's sponsor, and it's the last day to win this prize, is WorthyOfAgape.com. And this is a Catholic shop started by a Catholic mom and wife who makes, she was a focused missionary when she started making peg dolls, and she started making saint peg dolls. She's made just about every saint you can think of. So this week's prize winner is going to be able to pick the patron saint of their choice at, from WorthyOfAgape.com. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Well, we have a whole collection of peg dolls of our ladies' apparitions at the house. It's kind of fun trying to guess which one one is which. All right, let's go to the phones, and there was a ton of callers. Praise be to God. God love you all. Thank you for trying to call into our show. We're always so grateful for you. Uh, next week, we'll have new opportunities if you don't get on the show today, but let's go to the phones. We always take the first caller. Uh, Rosemary, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you. Good morning to you all. Now, Rosemary, where are you calling from? San Antonio. San Antonio. Praise be to God. Now, uh, where do you go to church there? 
Our Lady of the Angels. Our Lady of the Angels. I love the title. I love it. Um, did you have yourself a good Easter? I sure did. Amen. I spent it with my family, which I have 20 grandchildren and Whoa! 11 grades. Wow. <laughs> Praise be to you. You said 20 grandchildren and how many grades? Uh, 11. Wow. That is amazing, <laughs> Rosemary. Congratulations. Praise be to God. Thank you. That Thank is you. what a blessing that is. All right. Now, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the game is played? Yes. Every morning I listen to it. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you for doing that. Now, then you know. You know Emily and uh, Adrian are sneaky and they may try to trick you. Now, do me a favor, Rosemary. Turn your radio down so that we're not getting the feedback because we're getting the radio sound right back through the, ra- through the uh, phone there. So, uh, a- Emily and Adrian, they may try to be tricky. And so, we will have to go through the questions uh, slowly, but. You'll just have to take a guess. We'll see how it goes here. Let's start with Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Emily, can you tell me, is fortitude one of the four cardinal virtues? The four cardinal virtues? Yes. Uh, no, I think it's one of the theological virtues. I'm oh. going to say no. Okay, okay. Let's just see what Mr. Adrian Fonseca has to say. Adrian, can you tell me? Is fortitude one of the four cardinal virtues? Oh, fortitude, one of the cardinal virtues. Uh, yes, I think it is. All right. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for yes, fortitude is one of the cardinal virtues. And Emily's on the hook for no, fortitude isn't one of the cardinal virtues. She thinks it's theological. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rosemary, what say you? 15 seconds on the clock. Emily. Survey says, I'm so sorry. That was so tricky. I'm Uh, sorry. Can we do it again? Uh, Uh, Nobody's going to trust us at this rate. (laughs) I'm uh, sorry, Rosemary. I'm sorry. That's okay. Emily was trying to be tricky. Trying to be tricky. Well, you know what? I should have gone with my first instinct. Yes. Uh, Adrian, but I didn't. So. I know. Oh, man. Did. Every now and then I'm, I win. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to institute, maybe we need to institute uh, give me a hint or something like I don't know. We'll oh, have to yeah. see. Maybe. Uh, okay. Let's go with the second question. Still two opportunities to get in on the, the prize here, Rosemary. So all is still on the table here. Here we go. Adrian, can you tell me? Now, this, this could be a tricky question, so we'll have to see how it goes. Adrian, what is the term for the quality of the soul whereby the soul, being simple, spiritual, and indivisible, is never and not subject to dissolution after death? So let me restate that for the audience. Some people believe that when you die, there's nothing. But that's not the case, is it? What do we call that when we die, the soul goes on to live? What do we call that? Um, I feel like we did this question before. Uh, the answer is incorruptibility. 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 Okay. okay. Tricky question. Let's see how this goes with Emily. Emily, can you tell me what is the term for the quality of the soul whereby it is not subject to dissolution after death? How does it go on to live, Emily? What 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 do we call that? Uh. The world, I think what brings life to your soul is grace. So I'm going to say grace. So you think the term is grace? Yes. Okay. And Adrian is on the hook for incorruptibility. 
15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rosemary, what say you? Emily. Are you sure? No. I'm taking a guess. <laughs> uh, I'm so oh, sorry, Rosemary. Oh. Come on, Emily. Come on, I'm Emily. so sorry. She invested in you, Emily. I, yeah. Twice oh now. Goodness, I guess this is Adrian's day. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been looking at the chat on the back end, at Rosemary? Because you see them talking and chatting about who gets to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh my god. This last one, okay. I promise. This last one's going to be super easy. All right. Super easy. I promise. We're going to go back to Emily's totally in shock. She's like, I'm afraid to talk now. I don't know what to say. I feel like a horrible person. I know. Trust me. I get it. All right. Here we go. Last question. Pull it together now, Emily. Okay. Back to you. Okay. The fleur de lis. Do you know what the fleur de lis is? No. Okay. It's that... Uh, if you think of the logo of of Louisiana or the football team in New Orleans, the you know uh, the Saints, right? You think about this image that has like a a main leaf with two branches coming off the sides, like curling over. That's okay. Called a fleur de lis. It is a Christian symbol. It is a symbol for whom? Whom does the fleur de lis represent? Emily, what say you? Who? So it's a person. It's a person. The fleur de lis. Okay. Uh, well, okay, so it sounds like there's French influence there. It's a French word, so I'm going to say Napoleon. Napoleon. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me the fleur de lis? Who does that represent? Sounds like a French word, like fleur de lis. I don't know. I don't know how to say French things. How does that go? Uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary is what I'm going with. Uh, seems like a solid guess. The Blessed Virgin Mary. Adrian is on the hook for the Queen of Heaven and Earth, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And Emily is on the hook for the Conqueror of Europe, Napoleon. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rosemary, what say you? I gotta go with Emily for the third time. I heard Adrian that time. Uh, survey says... <laughs> Congratulations, Rosemary! Wow, Adrian! Well, well, well done! I refuse to go three times. And the last question was worth two points. Did you know that? Uh, what? <laughs> Did you not? I didn't see that coming. Rosemary, congratulations. Adrian was the right answer. And in fact, the fleur de lis does represent the Blessed Virgin Mary. Well done, Rosemary. Well yes, done. Yes, Rosemary. <laughs> All right. That's a lot of learning. We have only a moment now to pull the winner out of the hat. Your name is in the coffee cup of divine providence there, Rosemary. Praise be to God for his graciousness. And we are going to pull a name. Emily is going to shake it up okay. and pull the name. And we have seconds on the clock, Emily. Okay. Seconds, seconds. Okay, I just grabbed one. It is Rosemary. What? <laughs> Rosemary's the winner. Yay. All right, Rosemary. We're going to put you on hold. God love you. We're going to put you on hold. But uh, we're going to sign off the radio side of our program. If you can join us in the after show, we would love to have you. Be sure to be on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. You can find the links 
over on our, on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get the links to hang out with us in the after show where you get to drive the conversation. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you in a minute. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise. We're still recovering here from uh, what just went down during Catholic uh, Drive Time's Fear and Trembling Game Show. We're still kind of in uh, shock of it all because it was fun. Were those questions really that hard? I'm curious. Uh, let us know in the comments if you think we need to find easier questions. But it's, we want teachable moments. We want teachable moments, and that's part of the fun of it. And uh, our contestants are always so much fun. They're, they're such good sports, and we love that. Praise be to God. So congratulations, Rosemary. You are, in fact, the winner. Uh, we're very grateful to you. Praise be to God. All right. So, Emily, you're awfully quiet over there. That was shocking. Yeah, I, I'm i glad it worked out for her in the end. But also, have you heard the breaking news, Joe? The, there's breaking news. I'm all ears. This morning, Prince Philip passed away. What? At God, age 99. God rest his soul. Yes. God rest his soul. Let's pray for all those today that are passing away. Let's pray for the repose of the souls of all those that will have to go face their, their, uh, their judgments today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Christopher Chan says, trick qu- hashtag trick question Joe. Wow. Was it that bad? Was it was it that tricky? Which which question was tricky? Christopher. Um I'm trying to trying to hide some comments here from somebody who's spamming us. Uh if you're spamming us, please don't spam us. But they have the cure for cancer. <laughs> they have the, the automatic cure for cancer. All right, let's see. Eric Rodriguez, the horns of thunder sound for that one. Oh, pr- but my phone's not hooked up. I have to Wait for Mr. Fonseca to come back to give us the horns of thunders being requested by the audience. Not by me, just, just so you know. <laughs> it, it has to come from you, dear audience, or he won't do it. Um, so Eric Rodriguez, praise be to God. Valentin, good morning to you. Roseanne, it is good to see you. Uh, Jennifer, good morning. Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Jesus Morano and Susanna. Is Susanna new? Susanna P. Ortiz, is she new? Are you a first-time commenter? What? Tell me I'm right or wrong, guys. I'm not sure. Christ, our Savior, has risen indeed. Amen, Susanna. I think she's a... No, uh, mm, mm. I see another... Yeah, uh, she's got to be a first-time commenter. Adrian, have you seen her before? One second. Dan Donlan, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Susan... Uh, from Massachusetts, TGIF, praise be to God. Yes, I agree. 
what else? Uh, let's see. All of them. Christopher Chance is like, all of them are tricky. They're not all tricky. Come on. How, uh, fortitude? That's a pretty basic question, don't you think? Now, the incorruptibility question is tricky. That was hard. That was... I think we've done that one, though, before. Did we? I remember that one. I didn't mark it I, if I did. I should have gone with... I was going to say mummification, but the because incorruptibility is like preserving the body, right? Well, but then the, you kept saying soul, soul, soul in the question, so... Yeah, the incorruptibility of the soul, yeah, because right. the soul lives on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've done that question like really, really early on. Like It was one of the Might first have. questions. I didn't mark it if I did, so I marked it this time. But I always look at these questions and I think, what could be a teachable moment? What might... What might people learn in the process and give them something if they if it comes up in conversation sometimes, you know, and I feel like we all know someone who seems to believe that when you die, this you go into nothingness and that's it. And uh, and in fact, there's a fancy ten dollar word that we use called incorruptibility that uh, helps to describe why uh, why we believe and why we proclaim that the soul goes on to live for eternity one way or the other. Right. Yes. Uh, whenever someone says they have uh, received their eternal reward, that does not mean that they are in heaven. It simply means that they are now living in eternity, whether that be in hell or in uh, heaven. One way or the other, you will be living on for eternity. Uh, so a lot of people will also believe in the heresy of annihilationism, which is to say that those souls in hell after uh, a period of time will be annihilated. So they no longer are in existence at all. Uh, but that is a heresy. We do not believe that. Um, we believe that the soul is incorruptible, meaning it will live on for eternity. So yeah. um, go to confession. Hashtag no sin gang. Hashtag no sin gang. The fleur de lis. I thought that was a giveaway. Uh, no? How, have you really never seen a fleur de lis? Or are you just saying uh, that? No, I have. Okay. Yeah, it was just part of the game. Mm-hmm. I got it. You're a poker face. I got it. Fleur de yeah, me and Emily have to go to confession every week because of the game show. <laughs> <'Cause> the game <laughs> Boy, that's terrible. If your if your job, if your employer requires you to uh, commit fa- sin, to, to commit sin through fabrication <laughs> of of facts, woof, man, that's rough. Uh, Monica says, Adrian, we need the no, no, Monica, no, <laughs> I it cannot be spoken. The customer is always it, right. It, it is verboten. <laughs> Look, okay, I, I'll tell you what I'll do, Monica. I will read it. I'll read your comment live right here. But I first have to read Eric's comment. Eric says, horns of thunder sound for that. Horns of thunder sound? Okay. Uh, I guess we'll play horns of thunder. <laughs> this is <not> the <laughs> horns of thunder. Oh, wait, sorry. There Thank you. The Wrong apocalypse, the, the horns of the apocalypse. You can hear the seals breaking right That's now scary. in heaven. How epic is that? How epic is that? All right, now we Too can read Monica. Bodies. Adrian, we need the Jesus song before the weekend. The Jesus song before the weekend. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. Once you, uh, once you see that, it doesn't go away. Joe, it was the will of God. It is, <laughs> it is it was stuck the, in the mind forever. This, this was the Dave's divine. <laughs> this was this is the Dave's vault. God willed God it. God willed it. <laughs> I'm just saying, if God don't do it, it don't, it won't get done. Ugh, 
Sean, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Christopher Chance, of course, our hashtag king of the world is uh, is here hanging out with us. Praise be to God. Good to see you, Christopher. Let's there are some see. good talk picks going on on Facebook side talking about comic books. It was really good. Patty, uh, of course, uh, always hangs out with us for the first hour. We love to see Patty on the program today. Um, let's see. Over on the other page, Lori, good morning to you. Gloria. Uh, good to see you again. Praise be to God. Luz, she shared that story about uh, two saves at the uh, portion mill near her that she prays at. Praise be to God. Um, Barbara, good morning to you, Barbara. Let's see, who else? Joaquin Jennifer. And Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Um, yeah, over on YouTube side, you mean? Yes. Yeah, Jennifer said that she's re currently reading Secret of the Rosary. So praise God. Oh. Secret of the Rosary is one of my favorite books so ever. I read it over and over again. It's one of the few books that I read constantly. Okay, top favorite spiritual book. Top number one? Yes. Uh, let's see. I'd probably be Secret of the Rosary. It's the only one that I read like over and over again. So I'm going to say Secret of the Rosary. How about you? Um, Soul of the Apostolate. Soul that's, that's of the one. Apostolate. Joe? Um, I'm going to say uh, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence by St. Columbert. That's probably one of my favorites. Uh, I was going to say maybe Imitation of Christ, but I, in all honesty, I, I can't admit that publicly. That book is too hard. <laughs> that book is like like being beaten slowly. Yeah, it's I feel rough. Yeah, I've read a couple books like that. I had to read uh, Introduction to the Devout Life multiple times because I couldn't get past the meditation on hell in the first chapter. <laughs> I, wow. I had to read that book multiple times. Yeah. My one of my favorites is another another book that I really love is um, Father Von Kocham's Four Last Things. That one really mm. struck me. Mm. Uh, talking about death, judgment, heaven, and hell, uh, that really affected me in my life. So, uh, Four Last Things and Secret of the Rosary are the two that are popping in my head. But you know, I try to read Introduction to the Devout Life a couple times, and I could never get through it. Oh, okay. So this is me uh, admitting. A uh, grave fault of my own. Uh, bless Publicly? me, bless me, uh, Joe and Emily, for I have sinned. Uh, I, <laughs> That's I do not like. I do not like the uh, Augustine's Confessions, what? nor nor uh, Saint Teresa's Story of a Soul. Oh, yep. What? Yep. He, well, buddy, he, you're just wrong. I know. I know. No, no, I know. I, and I admit that it, too. Lord. So I've talked to people about this, and every time I talk to people about uh -huh. this, I always tell them, you know, I know I'm objectively wrong, and that the vast majority <laughs> of all of the spiritual writers agree that these are some of the the two of the some of the greatest spiritual works ever written. Ever. Right. And I'm like, I don't like them. Which is fine because sometimes you just read the right book at the wrong time. Like that's what happened with me with um. The secret of Mary or true devotion to Mary. Mm. I, I, I tried to do a consecration to Mary. I kept failing, kept failing, kept failing. Finally, I felt like it was the right time. I felt that grace from God telling me to go ahead with it. And it took years for me to finally be prepared enough to do a full consecration. And it's been so fruitful. But I really think sometimes you're reading the right stuff at the wrong time or the right prayers at the wrong time. Mm. I think that's uh, a good point. I'm going to take, I'm going to assume that that's true. Uh, so that way <laughs> it makes me look less bad. Less bad. I was worried you were going to say interior castle. Oh, I haven't read oh it. Oh, my so. goodness. I, that's intimidating. I haven't even yes. tried. Yeah. <laughs> no. I haven't read it, so no opinion. You know what? Just uh, poke through it. Don't feel like you have to read it cover to cover. Just, you know, just. I'm read, a completionist. Give it a pass, you know, and see what happens. No, I'm not. You know who? Uh, it was Scott Hahn that convinced me not to feel the pressure to read something cover to cover. He said, uh, you know, just pick it up, 
open the table of contents, find something interesting, start reading that one thing, forget about everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been helpful advice to me. Uh, let's see. Uh, John Delac says, I tuned in late. Who was the gentleman that was talking about praying outside an abortion clinic? His name is Mark Hauk. He is the founder and president of the Kingsmen Apostolate, and he prays regularly outside of this abortion clinic. And he's been having a dialogue with the abortion doctor. And so today he shared with us, you know, sort of his latest uh, update about that conversation and um, planting seeds in the man's heart and trying to, you know, just, you know, engage with the guy on a human level and, and just journey with him a little bit. Irregardless of just trying to evangelize him, which is also, you know, which is his main goal, and trying to, you know, convince him to give up this lifestyle of, of being an abortion doctor. So we had a so we, we had a, a greater conversation about, you know, what it what does that mean? How do we do that? Uh, it was actually very good. So we'll be posting that interview later today on our YouTube channel, as well as Rumble and our, everywhere else. <clears throat> what do y'all think, uh, the audience? What do y'all think about the comments on the screen? I have been struggling to figure out a way to figure out how to get the comments on the screen in a good way. There's not a great way to do it on our current software. And so I'm like using plugins and downloads and uh, left, right, and other. And uh, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I'm trying right currently at the beginning of the show, it was getting comments from both Facebook and YouTube. And sometime during the show, it started only loading comments from YouTube. So that's why you're only seeing YouTube comments. Uh, but what do y'all think about the seeing the comments on the screen? Do y'all like it? Um, do y'all want to see y'all's comments pop up? Well, tell us, tell us your thoughts. Or how about this? Uh, comment with your favorite spiritual work. What what spiritual works do you read? Have you read? Do you want to read? What ones do you uh, not uh, want to read? Which ones do you want to avoid? That'd be interesting, too. <clears throat> Man, my sinuses are going crazy today. What are y'all doing this weekend? Uh, I'm napping, mostly. The whole weekend? Uh, I feel like it. Good grief. I need to catch up, apparently. Are you asking us or the, the <clears throat> listeners? Y'all, too. Okay. Um, I'm smack dab in the middle of final season, so I'm going to... Uh, probably hunker down in a cave somewhere and study. When your when is your finals? The first week of May. Oh wow, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. The first week of May, and you're already studying. Uh, I need to. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I would always study like the day before. Yeah, I was a horrible uh, student, and Emily was well, could witness to that. We 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 both struggled. But all my finals are like twelve page papers, so that's, I need to work yeah. on them. Okay, well, I didn't have that experience. So literally, I wrote a uh, ten page paper. The Morning, it was due for my English class. I've done that before, but I did it on the, on the Jesuits because I already knew everything about the Jesuits. <laughs> it was horrible. I like that was a terrible. What was mistake. your chief source on the Jesuits? I'm just curious. My Malachi source, Malachi Martin. I don't remember. I was gonna say, was it Malachi Martin? <laughs> no. And his book, The Jesuits. Have you read Malachi Martin and the Jesuits? I'm not interested. <laughs> no, come no. on. First half of that book is very intriguing. I heard Malachi Martin was uh, was ordained a bishop, but I've never been able to find a source for that. He is I feel like that's just not like true. Pope Michael. <laughs> he is uh, he is a weird bird, Malachi Martin. Definitely a very mixed bag. Uh, Mal- We're running their intro again, apparently. Okay. What intro? <laughs> On our video feed, the intro's oh, playing. Whoops! <laughs> cool. Press the wrong button. Ah, uh, praise be to God. Yeah, I don't. Uh, this we have. Uh, uh, my sister in laws in town, and we're going to be taking her back to the airport. Plus, we have uh, altar server training, so a lot of a lot of stuff like that going on this weekend. Last weekend, I spent trying to fix up 
fix my car. I had a big oil leak I had to mess with. So beyond that, resting. I, you know, that's been the, one of the challenges for me in this role is just uh, maintaining the schedule because you have to get up so early all the time. It's hard. It can be very difficult. But it's a grace. Praise be to God. Christopher said, I never completed the essay portion of the classroom exams at USD. Wow, we're just exposing ourselves Dang. today. Why, why are we all admitting to our faults? You know, it's okay for me and Chris because we're not it's, at USD anymore. It's like chapter but... of faults here on, on air. <laughs> oh, yeah, chapter of faults. That was fun. John over, over on the YouTube side says, I prayed outside an abortion clinic twice. I did not have the, that joy. Didn't actually encounter any mm. women uh, while we were there. Wow, John. Yeah, thanks for doing that. I know Luz also shared her testimony um, earlier during the interview, she said, amazing news, two babies saved. When we went to the abortion center last Friday, they told us two babies were saved to pray for the mom of three, one that was still not sure whether to uh, to have her abortion, it sounds like. The last time my friend and I were, the counselors told us five babies were saved. Wow, that That's was awesome. so cool. Praise be to God. Yeah, Patty, um, Chris and I were having a discussion about comic books and uh, earlier on the and the Facebook on the GRN side, and uh, Patty was saying how she gave up on the Green Lantern when he went trans. Uh, yeah, he didn't technically go trans, but he did. He they did make him gay. Uh, they made the uh, Hal Jordan. Uh, I think it was Hal Jordan, if I'm not mistaken. I forget now. Uh, a homosexual, and so that was that happened. And but now there's like seven Green Lanterns from Earth, and one is a Muslim. Um, one, yeah, it's pretty crazy the way they did with comic books nowadays. It's, it's really sad. Uh, Chris was saying his dad was actually collecting the, uh, Black Panther comics that I was referring to earlier until he started reading them and realized they were horrible and, uh, stopped collecting them. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. And especially what they're doing because it's targeting children. It really disturbing because whenever I was growing up, reading comics was like, it was pretty wholesome. It was like teaching you American values, teaching you how to like what it, uh, good morality. Like you see Spider-Man sacrificing his uh, day, his time, his uh, social time in order to do something good. You see uh, Captain America and Superman and you see the American ideal. Uh, but now they using these characters that are already beloved, that are already uh, that people already think, oh, yeah, these are great characters and they twist them. They just, instead of inventing a new character to put their ideologies in, they take these old characters that everybody loves and grew up with and are distorting them. And it's quite sad. Yeah. The amount of queer superheroes now is almost unproportional to the real population. I think it's it like probably there's, is there's too many. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Alan Scott. Yes, you're right, Chris. It was Alan Scott. I was like, I don't think it was Hal Jordan. Uh, you're right. It was Alan Scott. It was a Elseworld story. It was a, it was not the main comic book series. Anne-Marie Brown asks, and I think Anne-Marie is a first-time commenter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you could correct me, but uh, Anne-Marie, I, I don't know that you've commented before. Uh, so, thank you. Thank you for commenting. First-time commenter acknowledgement. We love our first-time commenters. She says, can you please send me the article on today's gospel that you talked about on air? It's supposed to be unusual. Oh, all right. So, I'm thinking you're referring to... Sunday's um, gospel. Sunday's gospel. So what happens is we have an email list, and uh, we sent during the season of Lent every week. The team got together and we looked at the Sunday's gospel, and we because if you're familiar with our show, 
we, we look at the daily gospel and we look at the commentaries and we give you the commentary reflection on the gospel. So we use, I use Catholic Ignatius Study Bible, the Navarre, uh, Hadock, we use Early Church Fathers, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, Cornelius Silopidae, and we're just pulling from the church's you know, rich patrimony to provide you an, an insight on the gospel. Well, we do that Monday through Friday on the show twice, once per hour. But then on Sundays, we decided during the season of Lent that we would run a special series looking at the Sunday Gospels using those same sources. So yesterday, we sent that to our email list, and it was the last in the series. We're going to be doing something slightly different moving forward. So we're sitting there, and we're doing this. We're all looking at our commentaries. We're all looking at our sources, and we're just conversating around the Gospel from from Easter Sunday morning. And then Adrian, being the... uh, sneaky little devil that he is, he pulls out a gem, like something that blows your mind away. It was so insanely awesome. And he read that to us, and it was just like, the brain just exploded how amazing it was. I mean, and so we were, I was very eager to share that, and I think you ought to get it. So to get that Anne Marie Brown, what I need you to do is be on our email list because I will make sure that anybody who signs up today gets that email as well and can listen to it for yourself. It is just amazing. And it's a, it's a reflection from a homily from a saint, an incredible saint of the church uh, on resurrection. And I guarantee you've never heard it before. It's truly amazing. So to get that, to get in on, on our email list, there's two ways to do that. Well, number one, go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. So if you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and you scroll down, you'll be able to see where you can sign up. You can join the CDT email list and you can fill out your name and your email and hit that blue button and you'll be in on our email. And then later today, I will will share that with you. I will uh, make sure it hits your inbox with that reflection. And the... uh, the reflection we're talking about in particular. The other way to join our email list is to simply pull out your cell phone and text the letter letters GRN to the number 42828. So I don't know if you can see that or not. I can't tell. But if you text the letters GRN to the number 42828, you'll be able to also join our email list right over your cell phone. So GRN to the number 4 2828, and you'll be able to sign up right over your cell. And the cool thing is, when you sign up to the the email list, you're immediately going to be given a link to a talk by Father Bill Casey about the state of the union of the church, the church in our times, the difficulty that we're facing and what we must do about it. It's a 30-minute talk. It's very powerful. I think it'll motivate and inspire you. That's just a, a thank you for joining the list. Now, I will harass your inbox, just so you know, just so we're all on the same page. Uh, the benefit to being on our email list is we get to keep an open communication with you so that we can overcome the algorithm censorship problems that we face on these social platforms that do not allow us to speak to our audience completely and share with you special and unique content that we aren't sharing over the radio state, over the radio programs uh, that we do here. So it's uh, it's kind of a win-win for both of us. So sign up and you'll get that in your email inbox today. But it was, I mean, it was like, Wow. 
And it was the first time you read it too, right? Yes, I had read it uh, 30 minutes before we went on to talk about it. And I must say, just to give you a slight sneak peek, here's the here's the hint. It's It was a sermon from St. Vincent Ferrer. And now, if you don't know who St. Vincent Ferrer is, uh, we're actually going to do a show about him next week, so I uh, won't spoil too much. But he basically think Padre Pio, but Dominican, but a traveling preacher, but performed more miracles on a more grand scale so it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy and so he had uh so he has this sermon on easter and i read a section of that sermon and it was mind-blowing i i was so shook i was like wow you know normally i'm allergic to reading on uh, when we're talking about things and i just try to read quotes and or and i will just synthesize but it was so beautiful that I was like, I, I have to just read this whole thing. And it was like maybe four or five minutes long. And I, and I read through it. It was, it was beautiful. It makes me wonder, like, how many other writings of the mystics are we missing out on? So much. And probably. how many mystics never wrote down their experiences oh my goodness. that we could be meditating on, you know? Yeah, it was amazing. Trouble with the with the humility of these mystics. A lot of them uh, won't admit that they're mystics. Like uh, in the same right. sermon, which I didn't. It's not in the video, but in the same sermon, he talks about. <laughs> he's like, yeah, resurrections. Yeah, they, whenever the saints do resurrection, when they resurrect people from the dead, it works like this. But when Jesus resurrected himself from the dead, it worked like this. And what he didn't mention is that. He was resurrecting people from the dead left and right. <laughs> and uh, and so he had first hand knowledge of it. <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, mystics, uh, they don't, they're very humble. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's one of the funniest stories. My kids love this story about St. Vincent Ferrer. He was, uh, he was forbidden by his superior to perform miracles at a certain point because it was all like causing too much of a stir and, and you know, drawing too much attention. And so, being the humble and obedient uh, friar that he was, you know, he, he of course, um, said yes. So, one day, he's walking down the street, and a worker on top of a roof of a building loses his, you know, footing and falls. Vincent Fair tells him to stop midair, and he, sat, he sits there midair and hovering. And he says, hold that, don't go anywhere. And he, I have to go talk to my superior. So, he goes back and asks his superior for permission to... Uh, to perform the miracle, even though the guy is levitating in the in midair and the crowds are gathering around looking at this guy dangling in the air. And this appears like, oh, my heavens, Vincent, you've done it again. All right, fine. Go let the guy down. And he comes back and he says, Superior says, it's okay. You may come down now. And the guy, you know, slowly levitates back to the earth and is completely safe and uh, not harmed. Cool story. Uh, we have two comments on... On the Facebook side, Catholic Drive Time, Tony, Olga, uh, are you a first-time commenter, Tony, Olga? Um, i don't, not sure if you've commented before. I said, uh, Christ has risen. Indeed, he has risen. Good morning to all. Where do you get the gospel commentaries from? Please share. Praise be to Christ in all things. Uh, yes, so we get them from Cornelius Lapide, Thomas Aquinas's Catena Aurea. Uh, Joe gets it from the Navarre. And from Ignatia Study Bible, Emily also checks uh, the Catena Aurea. Go to catenabible.com or search the Catena Aria for mine. Yeah, it's great. And then Lou said, I'm back now. I couldn't listen earlier because I was busy with my kids. Now they're at school. May God bless you all who make this show possible. I love it. I feel blessed to have found it. I have been learning so much with you all. Amen. Thank you very much. Now, I have some uh, sneak peeks. Since you guys that are hanging out with us right now are like our super fans, God love you all. Um, thanks for doing it. 
I can tell you, uh, this is not public yet, so we haven't told our radio audience side, but uh, coming up very soon, speaking of Bible commentaries, we have a new uh, generous under, sponsor underwriter joining our our program, our team, our Catholic Drive Time team, and that is um, what used to be called Locos uh, Bible Software. Now it's called uh, Verboom. Now you might, have, you may or may not have heard, but this is a tool that is incredible for scripture study. So Verboom is a, uh, has this is software that takes all of your li- takes well it has has a digital library, and they put it into the software, and everything's linked together. And what's really cool, so I, I had access to this tool back in like 2013, 2014, and when it was still just logos. And so you have all these commentaries, all the ones we've talked about, we can get access to them, and they are linked. So when we pull up a certain Bible passage, it'll pull up these other resources right to the spot in those resources where these verses are referenced, making it super easy and fast to dive really deep into these passages from the early church to uh, the, the catechisms of the church. I mean, just there's so much here. Uh, homilies that the the great saints have uh, have uh, given on these particular passages. It is really powerful, and Verboom is becoming a sponsor of Catholic Drive Time. And pretty soon, hopefully, and I think next week maybe, we will have them on so that they can describe to you what this tool does and why it matters and, and who will really benefit. But uh, the real cool thing is not just that it's a tool that you can purchase or whatever for yourself, for your family, if you, if you want to dive deep into sacred scripture. I mean, there's translation tools. If you want to look at the, what the Greek words say, the Hebrew words say, I mean, just so much is there. But it gives us the tools in-house to be able to see all this in one fell swoop and customize the commentaries that we really want, the tools that we want, and do so with the least amount of effort. I mean, it's just powerful stuff. So that's coming up. We're, I'm very excited about it. Praise be to God. Um, boy, what would it have been like if you had a tool like this while you're going through your, your degree work, Adrian? I probably would have uh, made uh, my papers for my scripture class so much easier. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I can imagine. It would have uh, made life so much easier. Basically, what I did was I would uh, look at the Catena Aurea of St. Thomas Aquinas and cite his sources. Yeah. <laughs> I have another sponsor coming up next week, too. Very excited about that, too. Glory and Shine. They have decided to come on board. Now, I just bought some product. I paid you know out of my own pocket. For some, uh, for some really cool beard balm. And I got to tell you, not just the beard balm, but the mint soap. Oh, my heavens. Oh, I don't know. I never, I've never said this publicly or out loud ever as a guy. But mint soap bars, that's the thing to do. Boy, it makes you feel <laughs> your flex, skin. Okay. <laughs> it makes your skin feel amazing. Let that sink in. I know. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with admitting this publicly. However, yeah, I'm uncomfortable too. However, Meditate on that. Glory and Shine, fantastic organization. They're going to be coming on board as a Catholic Drive Time sponsor. We're very excited about it. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, keeping you informed and inspired. Share, share us with your friends and your family. Hit that share button, like button. Make sure you get the notifications. We're very grateful you're a part of this Catholic Drive Time family. Thank God you. Love you. For-